you are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue, Thursday, May 18th, and another edition of The Issue. So it's going to be a good one today. A lot to talk about. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. However you got here, whatever platform you are listening on, we are on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Prime Video, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music, just to name a few. Uh, came in today, very excited. It's going to be a good show. So Big we're time. we're going to start off a little Steelers talk. I feel like we haven't yeah. really got that Steelers ran out in a while. And let's be honest, it's a Pittsburgh show. Uh, love the Steelers. Feel decent about the Pirates, but love the Penguins. Very Pittsburgh show, but we are very honest and realistic in our takes uh, on Pittsburgh. So we're going to lead off the show with that a little discussion on the Steelers. Um, it's kind of what to expect this year. We're going to finish out the first segment, though, with hits and misses. And then in the second segment, of course, we will have the NFC offseason grades. You were promised them last week. Uh, they're coming this week. It will be very good. And now, that's a video that, that got some pushback on uh, on YouTube. Yeah? Uh, people, were people upset about the AFC one? Yes, and I can only imagine it will stay the course with the NFC one. I can't see people getting less upset. But nevertheless... If you don't like it, sorry. Sometimes the truth hurts. Uh, we, like and then, to, we like to ruffle some feathers. Yeah, I mean, always. If, if you're not ruffling feathers, you're doing something wrong. Uh, and then, of course, to finish the show, we will have the news right there at the end of the second segment. Yeah, well, like you said, sometimes the truth, you know, the truth hurts, right? So uh, let's start with a truth that is pretty consistent in the NFL that nobody really wants to admit, right? So half the teams, roughly, on average, that make the playoffs will not the following year, which means there will be half new teams, Right? Uh, so the New York Giants made the playoffs last year. I'm going to tell you right now, the NFL schedule, schedules released last week. Um, they will not be making the playoffs uh, this upcoming year, right? To me, it's pretty clear. Five of their first six games against playoff teams, right? Their toughest games are on the road. Like they get San Fran on the road. They got to go to Buffalo. Now, now it's early in the year, so it might not be a blizzard, but it's still at Buffalo, right? I mean, you look at look at the, look at the quarterbacks they play. Including the division games. So all 17 games, they will have a quarterback disadvantage in 12 of 17 games. They'll have an advantage in only five games all year. The two against Washington. I think Daniel Jones is better than Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett. I'll give him that. One against Arizona because Kyler won't be playing. I don't know who their quarterback is. Chris Strevler, Colt McCoy, somebody. And then I'll give him one against San Francisco because I don't really know who San Francisco's quarterback is going to be. Is it Sam Darnold who isn't really doesn't feel like a fit in the system. Is it Trey Lance with accuracy problems? Is it Brock Purdy who's coming off of like a torn UCL? So I'll give Danny the Dimes the uh, the benefit of the doubt there. And then against um, against Jordan Love. But that's even later in the year. So who knows? Jordan Love could end up being really, really good. And there's an argument he's clearly more talented, but whatever. So to me, the Giants aren't a playoff team. Right? That's, that's one side. Now let's flip the, flip the script. The Pittsburgh Steelers. You may think I'm like a homer, but like you said, in reality, we don't actually talk a ton of Steelers outside of the season. We talk a lot in season, we pretty much hit almost every team. I mean, especially the Steelers. We really hone in on the Steelers during the season. In the offseason, are you interesting, right? Like, we talk a lot about Aaron in the offseason because he's sitting in dark sheds for three days at a time. He is tripping balls on uh, some jungle tea. Right? Like, 
we, we'll talk about that. Lamar thinks he's worth $300 million guaranteed. We'll talk about that. That's interesting, right? Steelers, to their credit, by the way, are not that noisy, not that interesting, which bodes well for them. That's actually a positive thing. But that's going to result in us talking less about them in the offseason. But here's a day where we will talk Steelers. To me, that's a team that did not make the playoffs last year that feels like a playoff team going into this season. Now, realistic expectations, 9-8, and 10-7 sneak in as the last wild card, right? I don't think they're lighting the world on fire, but to me, it feels like a playoff team. Let's start with with the schedule, right? <clears throat> Actually, let's start with the Ravens, right? Because they make it, somebody has to fall out, right? I, to me, the Ravens don't feel like a playoff team. I think they're too injury-prone. I think they've been too noisy in the offseason, right? Go back the last couple offseasons, right? Arizona's been noisy, sucked, right? Green Bay's been noisy, lost to Detroit at home to miss the playoffs in the weaker NFC, right? So noisy doesn't necessarily mean good, right? I think Miami's talented, but I'm not really sold on them. So those are two teams that could very easily drop out of the playoffs and give Pittsburgh that spot to slide it. They got a favorable schedule. And in turn, to me, makes them a playoff team, right? It, before the schedule release, it said 8 and 9, 9 and 8 maybe. Now I'm like, mm, 9 and 8, 10 and 7. It adds about a win. About a win. So their schedule, like we said, got some breaks to me that are very, very nice. We said, what if they what if they get the Niners early? Will they open with the Niners at home? Again, we said the Niners usually start slow over the last four to five years. That's been their MO. They'll start slow, and then you'll look up in late season. You're like, oh, wow, they ripped off 11 straight to the two seed. But they start slow. Plus, I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Again, is it Brock off the UCL? Is it Sam Darnold? Is it Trey Lance? Who I don't like either of those options all that much either. Also, two of their West Coast trips that they take. Seattle's going to be a tough one. We'll get to that later. They actually get the Rams right after their bye week, so they don't have to rush. It's not like, oh, we play the Ravens on Monday Night Football, and then we turn around, and it's the Rams on Sunday. right? That's a, that's a bit of a brutal trip. They get the bye, then they head out West. They could take their time. They can go out a little bit early, get used to it. So they're not fatigued. They're not rushing with flights. That's a break. Also, they get the AFC South outside of Jacksonville. It's a crapshoot. Who knows? I mean, is it going to be Will Levis, Malik Willis, or Ryan Tannehill starting a quarterback? I'll take any three of them. Outside of Derrick Henry, it's, it's not a good team. I mean, the Colts with Anthony Richardson, like, I just, I don't buy that. Houston will be better, but they're not on Pittsburgh's level with a rookie quarterback. I mean, we know what Tomlin does to rookies. Jacksonville will be a tough one, I'll give you that. But outside of that, that's a nice, easy division. Now, again, well, now let's be fair about this. Like you said, we're always pretty fair about our Steelers takes. Let's be fair. They have to clean up early season. They have to, you got to look up and they got to be eight and three, eight and four. Right, they have to be four to five games above 500 once they enter the later part of the year because it gets tough, right? Belichick against a young quarterback, we know how that's going to go. Could they still maybe sneak out a win? Yeah, but it's not going to be pretty. You're not going to get a good performance from Kenny Pickett, most likely. The Bengals twice in like a four-week span, that's tough. They've had our number. Uh, they get the Ravens, who, again, I don't think they're a playoff team, but we know they always play them tough. And then you have to go to Seattle. Right, so if they can rip off a couple early wins before that stretch of the schedule starts, they're going to be in business. Then the rest of the season, can they can they split these games, keep their head above water, and, and make a playoff team as a seven seed? Absolutely. Absolutely, I think they can. So that's kind of how the schedule, we see two examples there of how the schedule can affect a team's chances. To me, it makes Pittsburgh a playoff team and, and drops out uh, the Giants. Well, it's really interesting. And like you said, the schedule is going to matter for those fringe teams, right? Now, yeah. now it, 
a schedule of being tough or strong on a Cincinnati, on a Kansas City, really not going to matter all that much. It's still going to be a playoff team, still going to compete, and everybody knows that. But for a team like Pittsburgh, where the future is unclear, uh, you don't have a set way forward. I think no. you need a lot of help. We talk about quarterbacks and, and players on the teams being either a truck or a trailer, right? Can you pull the team or are you being pulled by the team? Now, you can talk about it in a team perspective, too, where you need this team needs things to help it out. It needs cards to fall their way and, and games to get scheduled the right way and quarterbacks to to play and kind of fall into a slump at the right time. It's all very important. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, think, I don't think you're wrong at all. I mean, Never we, said that, we said that last week. We see it here in evidence. Uh, I'm excited to see how it actually plays out this year. Um, it should yeah. be good. Uh, but, you know, for right now, we're kind, of, we're kind of right on that. But let's go into hits and misses here detail more about how we're right. All right, hit number one here. Uh, we said that Bryce Young is absolutely the best quarterback in the draft, right? But he's also really small. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I saw that video. I know I sent it to you. It worries me a little bit. And so, I mean, we've seen the high end and the low side of Bryce Young, right? Reports out of, that's like day one or two of minicamp. But he's got total control of the system, right? He's totally, he's picking it up really quickly. He's in command. He's talented. He's bright. We knew that. But he also looks minuscule. That, he looks really small. Him picking up the system was never the problem. That was never no. the worry. That was never the concern. The concern is, I think if he got sacked by a middle schooler, we might have an issue. I don't think you're wrong. Um, since when have undersized quarterbacks really worked in the NFL? And, I mean, you can't even really Russ. point at Kyler. Yes, Kyler is... But Russ was thicker. He was more of a... Yeah, yeah. he's a he's a broader he, athlete. Like, yeah. you could tell. He, the dude could more take muscular. hits. Yeah. Uh, like you could look at guys like Kyler. Even Lamar is slightly undersized, like, size and mass-wise. Yeah, yeah. right. And look what happened to him. Injury problems. Injury problems with Kyler. Uh, Tua is a little undersized. Injury yeah. problems with Tua. So, when you, when you put somebody into a league like the NFL, and they're undersized like Bryce Young is, it worries me a lot. I don't, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. We knew that was the concern, and it uh, looks like it could be a problem. Mr. Moore here. So I, I low-key judged the Pirates. You know, they made a big deal. They were like, oh, we, they called Mitch Keller into the office. And, they're, you know, you would have thought he, like, won the lottery. Mitch, it's my absolute pleasure. You're the opening day start of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Like, I'm sure every kid wants to hear that, right? <laughs> uh, about him being, like, the ace. I kind of judged him for that. I was like, it's Mitch Keller. Like, he's fine. He's, he's okay. He's a three on a good staff. Uh, but he's pitching his ass off. He's pitching like a top 10 pitcher in baseball this year. I was wrong. Kudos to, kudos to Mitch. He's doing a really, really nice job, like a like a 2-3-80 RA or something like that. I mean, really, really quality starter. Uh, and right now he's pitching like a top 10 guy, like I said, in baseball this and year. And goes the distance. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. I know it's against the Rockies, but nevertheless, when you can pitch nine innings straight in a major league baseball it game. Shut, it was a shutout ball, too, that right? Is yeah. That is was, special. That is special. It was complete a shutout. shutout? Yeah. yeah. That's wildly impressive. All right, hit number two here. Our good buddy, friend of the show, Matt Wood. He's been on here, what, once, twice? I don't know. At least We've had once. had one twice. Um, he was a fourth-round selection for the Brewers this past year in the draft. Gets moved up from single A to high A. Here we go, Matt Wood. There you go. There you yeah. go. There you go. Okay, nice job. Nice job. Real uh, proud of you here. Honestly. Yeah, for those who don't know, it goes like, you know, there's like rookie, rookie ball, which is like instructional league, and then single A, high A, double A, triple A, Major League Baseball. Yeah. And he's, he's, getting mo- there. He's, he's, getting there. he's moving right on up the chain. Yeah. Uh, he's always been a special player, and we've always rooted for him here. One of the most um, pure hitters I've seen. Also, just a great all-around dude. Great a good to dude. talk to, great to great sit guy. down with. Yeah. Um, 
I should have him back on soon. Uh, but either way, go Matt Wood. Go Matt Wood. Mr. Mertuyer, I, I did not think the Lakers were a quality championship-level basketball team. I think LeBron's aging. AD's brittle and inconsistent offensively. I, you know They have good but not great role players. Like Lonnie Walker will give you a 10, and Reeves will give you a 13, and D'Lo will give you 11. But, you know, I didn't see it. But situationally, they're really good. They handle the Warriors easily. They're not favored in the series with, with the Nuggets, but I wouldn't be, like, surprised if they won it. Like, I did not see it coming. They kind of exploded on the scene at the end of the year, and uh, they've kept the momentum rolling. Good for the Lakers. Yeah, um, not the big. I'm not that that happy about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you're not a big he, LeBron guy. No, I yeah. do, I'm not. Um, I'm just not a big Lakers guy in general. I don't know. It's, 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 just, it's LA. It's, it's easy to root against those big market teams, and especially LA. I'm just not a big fan of the city as yeah, a whole. Yeah, could do without it. Could do without it. Absolutely. Hit number three here. I said Aaron. He when he went to the Jets, I said they're definitely better. I get the move. But it's not going to be all roses, you know, and, and sunshine and, and run through a meadow, right? Like, Aaron's going to get a little bit prickly, right? I mean, even in the opening press conference, he's talking about how they only have one Super Bowl and it looks lonely. Like, Aaron, you have one Super Bowl. Shut up. Like, shut your mouth. Uh, and their schedule comes out, and what do you know? They're on prime time a ton. So what does that mean? One, it throws football players out of their normal routine, right? Football players like the routine of, okay, game on Sunday at 1, recover, probably take Monday off, especially if it's a win, Tuesday, get back in, keep recovering a little bit lighter, and then you start Wednesday, install Thursday, Friday, go a little harder, rest Saturday. Yeah. Boom, game, son. Well, now you get thrown out of whack when it's a primetime game, so that's a problem. And then two, primetime games are standalone games, which means the pressure's on, everybody in the country's watching, right? You don't have the three, you know, the the 300,000 houses in Cincinnati, that are like, oh, you know, we're going to throw on Monday Night Football, right? On Sunday, you don't get that fan base no. because they're watching Cincinnati play you're at right. Sunday at 1 o'clock. When you're on Monday Night Football at Buffalo in the snow, everybody's watching, right? That's a game everybody's going to watch, which means a lot of pressure, which means a lot of pressure on Aaron, which means if they don't deliver, what's that post-game press conference look like? With really New York tough. media. With really New York tough. media. And then what is Aaron Rodgers' response to a prickly New York media that's pressing and asking a lot of really, really tough questions look like. Abrasive. It's abrasive. It's sand. And what does that do to a locker room and a team environment? Yeah, it's Tears it apart. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be interesting to watch. Miss number three, the Giants for a team that, like, very clearly needs offensive talent. Right? It's like Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and a bunch of, like, nothing. And Daniel Jones isn't that good to begin with. Uh, they just paid a defensive lineman a ton of money, and they draft a safety. Like, I just, uh, I don't understand. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Um... I don't know. We're going to get to them later when we do the offseason grades, but it's just like everybody. I could I could put on the TV. My grandmother knows that the the Giants need more offensive help. Like it's it's not hard to see it. Yeah. And it's like so we go draft a safety and we pay a ton of money to a defensive lineman. <laughs> like okay, okay, all right, we'll see. But uh, you know, don't don't say that too often, or else those Giants fans that I thought didn't exist will just come out of the woodwork and. Eat you alive. Yeah. The Jets fans are very active. Giants fans are a little bit more like subtle, but when they come out, it's it's in full it's, force. It's fierce. I'll tell yeah. you, it's in full force. Go scroll back through the YouTube. I will say though, most of them do agree that Daniel Jones is not like the answer for the future. Uh, at least that's you know. At least we're on the same page. Step there. in the right direction. Some of them still do delusional. Um, it's been a, it's been a delusional. good day. It's been a good day for uh, just dudes around the area too. Ben, yeah. ben DiNucci to the 
to the Broncos now from the Love XFL. That. Love that. Kind of crazy. Yeah, I like no, that. It's good. I mean, I mean, even when when you're like when your mom knows about a player, that's how you're like, oh, that's that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. They don't know about a ton, right? Your moms are like, oh, what do they play at baseball? And you're like, oh god, no, like, no, they oh, ever no. actually started. As Sorry, forward in the NBA for like. Yeah, yeah, you're just like, you're just like, years, oh no, but... stop, stop talking, stop talking. But she was like, oh my god, Ben DiNucci, like, isn't he playing in like the XFL or something? You're like, yeah, he did, and he was a stud, so he got signed. Like, that's the benefit of the XFL, the USFL. Like, it's possible. It's awesome. PJ Walker last year with yeah. the uh, with the Panthers, right? It's possible. Likely, even if you're a stud, especially a quarterback. It's cool to see. Cool to see. Um, guys, stick around. On the other side of the break, like we alluded to, NFC offseason grades, going through the entire conference, breaking it all down, and giving you a grade for each and every team in the NFC. Don't go anywhere. <clears throat> Second segment. Welcome back. Pleasure to have you in. Well, Thursday the 18th. Oh, God. Time flies. Almost in June, what are we, like 11 weeks out from the start of the NFL season? Uh, 14. 14. 14, okay, weeks. 14 weeks out. Uh, so what, that means we're about six weeks out from divisional predictions? Five weeks out? Five weeks out, I think. Five weeks out. I, I know we start them like kind of like right in July at some point. Yeah, we usually leave a week between the end of the predictions and the, the first week of the season. Right, because case, we know, do like a week buffer. We do our whole kickoff episode. It's, it's a great time. Right. And because the episode comes out on Thursdays, We'll be able to get you all that news leading right up to the first Thursday night game of the season. So listen Thursday mornings, you know, driving into work, lunch break, uh, on your workout post, uh, you know, post work, you get off yeah. at, you know, 4.30, hit a workout, hit a lift till like 6, right? Then boom, Good. you're up to date on sports news, right? You hear our predictions, you hear our opinions. And then you get to go watch the game, see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it can't get much better than that. And, uh, you know, you're getting all the best content here yeah. at uh, The Issue. So make sure you're going to the website, too, theissuesports.com. And then go check out the um, the website, obviously. But uh, the shop, uh, we'll have new merch dropping in there very soon for the summer. We're going to have our whole summer line rolling out. So make sure you're checking that and staying up to date, following the social medias, you know, the whole nine. Just... The more contact you can make with the show, the better, and it's going to be a better experience for you, the consumer. So we appreciate it as well. All right, enough of the boring stuff. NFC offseason grades. We did AFC last week, NFC this week. Grading from the time the season ended till right now. So free agency, draft, everything. Let's do it, NFC edition today. Let's start in the NFC North. Uh, to me, let's let's go with the Lions first. To me, it's a B. I didn't love their first two picks. I didn't think they got any value in the first round, but the rest of their draft is really strong. Don't love that Jamison Williams is now suspended. They had to lose a couple receivers because the whole gambling suspension yeah, thing, right? Yeah, that was great. Not ideal. Uh, defense still leaves a lot to be desired, but overall, really nice offense. They, they did add a couple good pieces on offense. Again, not a ton of value, but a good tight end from Iowa, good running back from Alabama. They do get a linebacker, which they needed, although, again, not great value. Nonetheless, they did improve a little bit, not as much as I would have hoped, so it's a B. I agree. Uh, and, and that team is still headed in the right direction. I don't think by any means that this draft like solidified them in the basement anywhere. No. Uh, they're still going to, I think, compete for the NFC North. I think the NFC North has gotten significantly weaker since Aaron I left. think it's wide open. Uh, and let's be real, the, the Vikings, a team that's coming up here, they're not going to be able to keep pace and go 11-3 and three in... Uh, 11 and 0 in one-score games, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I thought it was... That's nuts. It was... Uh, it, 
very lucky season for them. I don't see them doing yeah. that again. I think the Lions kind of have it this year. Yeah, they regress back to the mean a little bit. Well, then let's go with the Vikings. I think they had a B-plus offseason. I love the Jordan Addison pick. I think Jordan Addison with Justin Jefferson. You have two of maybe the top 10 route runners in the league. That's that's insane. Yeah. So, like, you have guys open almost every time. They still have the good tight end, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, they didn't lose a ton of pieces. They added a couple savvy vets here and there. Like I said, love their draft. Couple good veterans in the back end, right? They improved their secondary through the draft. So definitely a good solid offseason. Again, nothing flashy. But they didn't really lose anybody where you're like, oh my God, like what are they gonna do? Now, do they have a lot of primetime games scheduled? Do we know that? I don't know. I didn't even look. Because if there's a lot of primetime games scheduled for the Vikings, yeah, it could be rough. That could can be rough. Kinda... I don't think there's a ton. I think they have like two or three, which is usually what they have. I mean, we know how uh how Kirk two. Cousins get. He'll probably win one of three. If he plays three, he'll probably win one. <laughs> Depending on who it's against. In a good year. What if it's like against the Bears or something? I mean, yeah, but do you really see a primetime game, Bears and Vikings? I feel like it'd be one of those weak-ass Thursday games. I guess so. You know what I mean? That could work, like, yeah. I hate those Thursday games, but that could that could be it. Yeah. All right, Green Bay. Green Bay, B-minus, for the simple fact that you, I mean, I think it was the right time to move off Aaron, but nonetheless, you're moving off a four-time MVP-level player, right? So you're not going to be a better roster without him. Right? I think it was the right time to move on. But at the end of the day, you're still starting a guy who has sat for three years. Like, it played one game, and he was okay. It's um, it's like you said, it's what they needed to do. But now you're going to go through a couple years of regression, and you have to know right. that, right? But it doesn't mean that you're you're screwed because now you can start to move in that right direction. You can go get the quarterback that you want if Jordan Love doesn't pan out to be what you think he's yeah. going to be. Yeah. You have a great quarterback draft coming up next year. So, Could look, be. it's not the end of the world for Green Bay. It's just this is not going to be their best season. No, I do like their draft. Uh, I like Lucas Van Ness, the, uh, the edge rusher from Iowa, I believe. Yeah, Iowa. Uh, and then they got a couple wide receivers you know, in the, in the later rounds. So I, I didn't mind their draft at all, but B-minus for Green Bay. I agree. The Bears, to me, is a B-plus. I don't love that they overpaid for some linebackers, but nonetheless, the roster is significantly better today than it was at the end of the season. I agree. Like, a lot better. Yeah. A lot better. And hopefully Justin Fields can kind of get his footing a little bit more with these new pieces. I really like the Darnell Wright pick. I was hoping he would fall to the Steelers, but I also thought Broderick Jones would be gone by then, so I... It didn't pan out the way we thought it would, but, I mean, it's good for the Bears, I guess. Like I said... B plus. Like, they got better, but they did overpay in some spots. Yeah, so it can't so be too. higher. All right, NFC South here. Let's start with the Bucks. C minus. Any season you're going with Baker Mayfield as your starter, you're at least, at, at or, I'm sorry, at best, A, C plus. At best, if you're rolling with Baker Mayfield as your starter. Yeah. So it's a C minus because they have no talent around them either. I mean, even your best players like Devin White and them, they're <laughs> all requesting trades. Like, nobody wants to be in Tampa. This is the fallout effect from Tom. You see you see with, like, LeBron in the NBA, right? Like, goes to Cleveland, wins a championship, leaves. They disintegrate for three years. Like, just awful, dreck, unwatchable for three years. Yeah. The Bucs are just going to, unfortunately, suck for the next year or two, at least. But good news is, and hear me out, could they have the weakest roster in the league? It's close. It's got to be bottom five. It's regressing. Do they have a chance at Caleb Williams? I think or Drake so. May. I think, I think so. they have a chance. And I think that's really honestly their goal. Because why else would you sign Baker? Why else would you sign Baker? Do you think he's going to go out there and win a ton of games They for must you? think he's better than Kyle Trask. That's about it. Which isn't saying much. Well, he probably is. That probably is, yeah. But he yeah. brings... He brings some Baker. baggage. Yeah. 
surprisingly, he's been out of the news, which is good for him. All right, uh, Panthers A. I think Bryce Young was the best quarterback in the draft. They get Adam Thielen, a really savvy vet. Again, nothing special, but a really savvy number one, more of a number two. But in that offense, he could be a decent number one receiver. Yeah. Um, Miles Sanders, I like him as a back. They added a couple pieces on the O-line, a couple pieces on the back end in the uh, in the draft for some depth. I like the Panthers. I Could they go win eight games and compete for the division? Yeah. In a weaker NFC, it's for a, sure. Uh, it's a very weak division. Very, very weak division. Um, the thing is, we said their goal going into the draft, into the offseason, should just be acquire as much talent you can get at any position you can get it. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like they did that. They, they got couldn't more. way more talented. And I think the pieces that they have are something that they can start to at least build around. Think about establishing somewhat of an identity. I don't even know what their identity is at this point. Bryce Young and Frank Wright, cross your fingers. Hopefully it works out. I don't know. We'll see. Falcons, B-. Uh, the Falcons, I think, had a decent offseason, but the B. John Robinson pick is a slight overdraft. You already have a good back on a roster full of other glaring Ooh, needs. Yeah. But to be fair, and I, I'll tell you right now, I will look like an idiot when he goes for 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns as a rookie. And I said, oh, they overdrafted him. They'd be like, yeah, no, no, they didn't look how much production. Okay, well, if Algier was going to give you 1,000 yards, I mean, like, like whether Algier would give you 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns or B. John Robinson's giving you 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns, they're still going to win five or six games. Are the extra 300 yards and three or four touchdowns really going to be that pivotal? They're still, like, with or without B. John Robinson, that's a five to six win team. And we've talked about it before. Then you have to look at the opportunity cost, which is the thing that you gave up to get that option. And there were a lot of other places that you could have used talent outside of running back. Couldn't agree more. You gave up a lot. I agree. Saints get a B. They didn't do anything except get Derek Carr, which is certainly an upgrade over Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Uh, but I would have liked to see some improvement other, wire, uh, other positions. Uh, but they're in cap hell because they push their future down the line for Drew Brees and all that. So yeah, that, that's not a viable team to me in the next year or two. Uh, maybe three, four years down the road towards the back end of Derek Carr's contract if he's still able to perform at this level. So well, now what you're seeing is like when a team goes all in for a Super Bowl run and doesn't get there. And you're gonna see with Tampa Bay too, who they did get one and then they lost one. Now you're gonna see how awful they are. It's a, it's very similar, like the tail off of those type yeah. of pushes, yeah. except. You feel a little bit better when you have the Lombardi and the the Rams. The Rams were bad last year after yeah. pushing for one. Yeah, it's it's true. When it's the Lombardi's real. in the trophy case, it makes you feel a little bit better about it, though. Right. NFC East, the Eagles. Uh, for me, that's an A minus. We were going through this. I was like, well, they lost their top safety, their top two linebackers. They lost a running back, and you go, well, they replaced him with DeAndre Swift. True. Didn't even think of that. Uh, linebacker, they'll be fine. You can find linebackers everywhere. Safety, it's fine. I like that they prioritize positions. Wide receiver quarterback offensive line edge rusher right they go get Jalen Carter well he's more of a d-line but still pass rush right so for me it's an a minus right sign Jalen Hurts perfect get your quarterback for the future move off expensive invaluable positions linebacker safety running back yeah get cheaper younger better at those positions DeAndre Swift guys in the draft makes a ton of sense to me they re-sign what Kelsey Lane Johnson right so they have their core piece up front Love the draft, love the offseason, A-minus for the Eagles. Yeah, and uh, people that are going to bang on us for having them at an A-minus, can we look at it objectively and realistically? Like, even if you are from Philadelphia and you're watching this video, you have to be able to 
look at the look at the team, realize you did good, re- pat yourself on the back for that. Absolutely, you won the draft, in my opinion. Won the draft. You lost a lot. It's not you lost some coordinators. They lost a lot of pieces. Yeah, but oh yeah, didn't even mention that both coordinators. Like people are like so. What are you talking about? So. Did you see what happened to Brian Day or the Bills when Brian Dayball left? I could not agree more. Could not agree more. Just saying. I'm just agreeing. Cowboys B, <laughs> Cowboys B minus. Uh, they also lost a coordinator, Kellen Moore, who I think is the best offensive coordinator, uh, top three in football right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes to a much better situation, so that's going to look bad for the Cowboys. They had Brandon Cooks. Yeah, convince yourself that he's a viable number two. Sure, <laughs> go for it. Uh, they lose Zeke, which is probably better for them production-wise, but they're still paying part of his salary because they guaranteed money. So it's a mess, but uh, at the end of the day, they still do have functional quarterback, Functional running back, really actually really talented running back, and functional receivers, not great, but good. Uh, so they're, they're going to be competitive in a weaker conference, so you can't dock them too much. Right, and if you can solve the back end of the defense, right? The secondary, they're they got, they got Gilmore. They got Gilmore to go opposite uh, Trayvon Diggs, but still, Gilmore's aging, probably not what they needed. I mean, it's something, but let's not forget how many passing yards they gave up last year. It was bad. It was bad. Washington, C minus. I mean, you had the chance to draft Will Levis. You're going to convince yourself that Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett is your quarterback. I just, I'm so far beyond done with this organization. So I, I think Ron Rivera is probably gone after this year when they go six and eleven because there's no viable quarterback option. I, I mean, offensively they're dreck, and even defensively they're supposed to have a insane front seven and they're twenty something in the league. It's ridiculous. I'm done with this organization. C minus. That's what happens when it's so Ill, just ill run. It's awful. Thank God they finally got sold. And they actually just got bought. That's I think finalized now, but whatever. I don't care. They're still gonna suck. Giants at C plus. Uh the schedule sucks. That's not helping them at all. You overpay for a quarterback, overpay for a defensive lineman. Now Saquon's gonna hold out for a contract. You acquired zero talent on the outside that is an actual viable proven NFL talent player. Uh, there, there's nothing to like about this team, in my opinion. I think they regress way back to the mean. I think they win six to seven games. And you didn't just overpay at quarterback. You overpaid at a sur- like tremendously average quarterback. It's one thing if you overpay for somebody that's like going to win you games and going to be yeah. super productive and top of the league. You're not getting any of that from Daniel Jones. No, no he's not good. <laughs> NFC West. Seattle, B+. Plus. Uh, first of all, they re-signed Geno on a team-friendly deal. Love that. Geno's a very competent quarterback. You get Charbonnet to go in the backfield with Kenneth Walker. That's a great one-two punch. Yeah. You go get Jackson Smith and Jigba to pair in uh, with Lockett and Metcalf. Really, really nice top five to six trio in football. Uh, and then you get a, a DB to go opposite Tariq Woolen. You, so, you sign a damn good DB. Yeah. Yeah, Devin Witherspoon is a that that's a beautiful pick with the number five overall pick. So Seattle got a lot better. Now, granted, Geno is still limited. You know, he he's good, still limited. Offensive line still has some holes up the middle, and I don't love their uh, their safety situation. I think they're overpaid at safety. That's my problem. I think so too. Um, so that 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 keeps them at a B plus, but still very very good offseason. They should be just fine. You look at Geno Smith, that's the contract that Daniel Jones should have. Team-friendly deal where you can still sign pieces that are going to support him. Because yeah. Geno's not going to be the guy that can put the team on his back. But Geno no. is the guy that can win games when you have a great running back duo like you have, you have good, good weapons that surround yeah. him, and you have a pretty good offensive line. So, I mean... I think it's them I think it's them and the uh, Niners for the division. I think so, too. And not the Rams. Rams are... 
a tier down, I think. Let's go to the Rams. They're, they're a B minus for me. Uh, they moved off almost all the defensive pieces. Ramsey's gone. Bobby Wagner's gone. Basically, it's Aaron Donald and everybody else see ya. Uh, and they're getting cheaper on defense, cheaper and younger. And they're putting a lot of money into offense. You have to support Stafford. McVay's going to leave if you can't give him some pieces to work with. So Stafford, Cup, right? you got to give them some help. They're trying to this offseason. Hasn't been super successful. So for that, a B minus. McVay's got one foot out the door already. And, and I think so, too. I think he's going to go broadcast. I really do. It's. I think he should. I think he's had a fantastic career. I think he'd be really good at it. He's a great career. Um, he's so young. Don't destroy weird, yourself. Though. Yeah, it is weird. But don't destroy yourself by attaching to an organization that is on the downslide right now. It's fair. Or Maybe. a move. Or go to a different team. Could. Could. Shop a little bit. Look at the market. Maybe you do. Maybe he does a Sean Payton. Leaves, broadcast for a year, comes back. Yeah. Cardinals, C. Uh, Kyler's not going to play, so I, you don't know what you're getting at quarterback. Um, you could get Paris Johnson, which is a very, very serviceable pick. I think he's going to be – definitely has the most upside of any tackle in this last draft, right? Really, really big dude, good footwork. Um, but not a lot of talent outside of that. D-Hop once traded – uh, Buda Baker is probably gone. It's just not a ton of talent all, all over the roster. Um, again, like the Bucks, probably a bottom three roster. If they have the number one pick, I would argue draft Caleb Williams and move off Kyler. Why not? I mean, Kyler isn't. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. Yes, he's special with his with his feet and he can run. But is that what you're looking for? He doesn't stay healthy enough. He's not consistent enough. I don't think he's mature enough. Way too undersized. And no, not at all. Yeah, the Niners. The Niners get a, uh, a B minus. I mean, look, they drafted a kicker with their second pick in the third round. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Uh, good news is I, I actually do like the Sam Darnold acquisition. I think he plays very similar to like a Trey Lance. So if that, if that was your quarterback duo, could be worse. They play similar. You don't have to change the offense. They still have some talent, but uh, they're aging. And like I said, you drafted a kicker. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, it's not great. And... and- like I said, we were talking about it before we came on. They have a great, great roster, but they have a question mark at the most important position in football and really the deciding factor for a season. You can have a great roster, but if you don't have the dude at the helm and uh, the None right guy matters. playing quarterback, no, it doesn't. It, no. it really doesn't matter. Um, so take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, there's our grades. NFC. Go watch the AFC one if you didn't. Yeah, I uh, the video to the AFC grades will be linked in the description of this one, so you can just bounce back and forth. How about it? Right How about there. it? Let's uh, let's go into some news now. All right, story number one here. Aaron Judge, what was it uh, like two Monday Monday night? Um, was at the Blue Jays in yeah. Toronto, right? Batting, keeps checking like you can see his eyes, just his eyes move. Like I don't know what two three seconds before the pitch. Towards like the dugout on deck area of, of his dugout, yeah, uh, and then promptly had two bombs in the same game when he like that was the first game where he really started doing that, or at least it's been seen that he's doing that. Not speculating, it could be something as simple as the pitcher was tipping his pitches and the guys on the bench were helping out with the pitcher tipping the pitches. Maybe that was the case, definitely a little odd though. But when it spans the length of a game. And transcends pitchers. So, the thing that was like even more telltale than the home runs was when you see him look over, and then he looks back, and he just knows perfectly when to take a nasty, nasty like slider kind of slider out of the zone. Yeah, he just sits on it like he knew a slider was coming, and then 
he looks right before he hits that second home run, does the same thing, looks over in that direction, and then just puts an absolute swing on a ball. Puts it like 450 into orbit. It was insane. It's odd. Now, you don't want to let go around throwing big accusations. No, absolutely not. That has ramifications, but it's certainly something. I think it should be addressed. I don't know what it is, but I think the Yankees or Judge or somebody should come out and say, this is actually what it is, not, you know, we have a camera in center field or we are, like, tapped into the pitch com or something, you know? Yeah, it needs to be looked into at least a little bit. Like, there's a difference between gamesmanship and cheating, right? If the pitcher is tipping the signs or the catcher is tipping the signs. that's on them. That's on them. If you're, like... Hacking into the pitch com? No, that's you know that's that's illegal. That's, yeah, that's cheating. Um, the I know the announcers were talking about it. They were like, "Well, maybe he was looking back at the catcher," and and he was like, "No, but the, he's not looking yeah, far like enough to be able to here. see where the catcher is setting up." He's looking there. I mean, maybe like out of your peripheral, you still can't. I don't know. Plus, like, I mean, maybe to see where he's set up, but that's that's not really going to help you much. No. Like usually, you know, in the old days when they used to give real signs, like you know. Like real, real signs. Instead of, I guess looking yeah. uh, instead of like the pitch comp. Yeah. I guess it, like if that's the case, you're looking back for like, you know, throwing fastball or are they going like slider or like change up maybe. But even then, but they're not doing you, that that'll now. That'll get you into some hot water. That'll and usually the catcher water. notices that. Usually the catcher looks up, make sure you're looking at the pitcher while they're giving it. So, I don't know. Interesting. It's odd. Story number, story number two, your five-star quarterback originally committed to Ohio State. What was it, like Dylan Riola or something like Riola, that? Riola, yeah. Riola. D commits from Ohio State, commits to Georgia. Is Georgia becoming the new Alabama? We talked about this. Are they? Are they coming to, becoming the new Alabama? They, they might. I mean, they're starting to really take a foothold in the SEC. Like, I think so. a strong foothold in the SEC. Like, Bama used to get five-star flips, like, regularly. George is now getting the five-star flips. Kirby is doing a hell of a job. And I think they're really leaning into the NIL, and that's what it boils down to. When teams lean into new and are on the cutting edge of kind of like the new wave and the new way to sign players and the new way to go get prospects, that's the best way to do it. Also, even though he's a quarterback, is there a chance that he sees all these Georgia guys get drafted and go, that's where I should be? I think that helps. Even even if he's not thinking for himself, and he said, I'm a quarterback, all these Georgia defensive guys are getting drafted, that's the defense I want to play every day in practice to get better for and ready for the NFL. And not only that, but that's going to be a team where I'm not going to have to go win shootouts in the competitive SEC. That's fair. That's because fair. you're, you're gonna, not going to have to score 40, 50 points because that defense is insane. If he stayed for three years, you'd make the college football playoff probably two of them. Yeah. If not all three. I just think it's interesting how the tides have turned. It is interesting. That was was it pun intended on the yeah. tides? Okay, <laughs> yeah. cool. I was like, I don't, I don't know. All right, story number three here: Ben DiNucci, Pine, Ridge, Pine Richland alum, love it. Pittsburgh alum. Well, I don't think he graduated, but anyway, Pitt, then JMU alum, uh, former Cowboy quarterback, former Seattle Sea Dragon quarterback, oh. has now been signed. To the Denver Broncos. He went for uh, a couple days of like the rookie mini camp or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they liked what they saw, so they signed him. So I, I would imagine he's going to be like their third string quarterback because they have they have Russ and they brought over. Um, oh, this is going to. Jarrett Stidham. Yeah. Thank you from, uh, from the Raiders. Uh, so I would imagine he'd be the three behind those two. It's an NFL job. 
We like NFL jobs. NFL jobs are sick. NFL jobs are better than XFL jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, a lot better. Now he obviously <laughs> play more in the XFL, but that season's over anyway. So he could theoretically play in the NFL, be the third string, and then go right back to the XFL he wanted to. It's gonna be awesome. Good for Benny D. Good you know, for Benny D. Hey, I'm happy. I'm happy to see it, and I'm glad because when the XFL was started, and I was like, ah, it's just gonna be another one of these off-brand football leagues that just kind of not they don't get anywhere the xfl is actually they actually did all right i think it's better than they did the usfl good. it's way better than the usfl and plus i think the talent's better and i think football needs that intermediate level because yeah. there's never really been that you have that in baseball you have that in hockey you have all the the farm systems the you know the, the even in, even in the nba of uh, the g league right yeah, so yeah. you have different a different league where you don't have to be at the very, very top, but you can go, you can keep playing, you can gain experience, and if you light it up, you get a shot again uh, in the NFL, or even for the first time if you didn't make the NFL right away. I think it's going to be great, and I think overall it's just going to benefit the sport, and it's going to benefit the NFL as a league as a whole. So it's another way to showcase talent. Like I feel like quarterbacks and offensive linemen, even defensive linemen, it's such a highly skilled position where it's like, and, and there's so few of special in those categories. Those stand out. You don't miss a ton of those. Yeah. But, like, wide receivers, DBs, safeties, there's so many freak athletes nowadays. You can find so much talent on the outside through these leagues. It's crazy. It's it's insane. And I think it's good. I think it's going to really benefit the league. I agree. Francis Ngannou, story number four, Francis Ngannou signs with um, the the PFL, Pro Fighting League or something like that? Premier Fighting League. Premier Fighting League? Is, yeah. it, is it PFL? Is yeah. That he came out saying that he is, quote, the baddest MFer on the planet. I would strongly disagree. He was ducking fights. He's ducking fights. And exactly what John Jones said. He said, how are you going to call yourself the baddest man on the planet from across the street? I could not agree more with John Bones. John Bones is the baddest man on the planet, point blank. Absolutely. Like, like he said with DC. Man, I would beat you when I was on coke, man. Like... <laughs> Dude, he's that guy. Yeah. He's that guy. He is. Um, off topic. Did you hear about the guy that broke into John Jones' house? What a, what a dumbass. What are you doing? Dude, broke into John Jones' house. No way. This, this can't be real. I, I swear to God, we'll look it up right when we're done here. Breaks into John. Is this Jones recently? House. Yes. Okay. Gets in there. Starts to try to like find his way around. John Jones ends up really. He has a Belgian Malinois. That's bite trained. Releases the dog. Of course he does. Because he's a freaking savage. Releases the dog. The dog starts chasing him through the house. Okay. The guy's trying to get out now. He's, he's, well, he's done. Clearly. He's checked out. John Bones comes running out of the house chasing him with a 12 gauge shotgun. <laughs> and just <laughs> boom. First boom. of all. Can we just go over how scary it would be just being chased by John Bones? Let's regardless just, of the shotgun. Set the stage. You are running away. You have a dog ready to bite your ass off. Not just any dog though, a Belgian Malinois. Yeah, and then you have John Jones just stacked, <laughs> just who 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 who's cardio like crazy, strong as shit, weirdly bendy for the size of a human being he is, and he's just carrying like the deadliest shotgun you could buy, and he's just a oh, boom, a oh, boom. I'm out, dude. I'm out. At no. that point, do you just lay down? You just give up. You just give up. You start petting the dog. He, like, he here, jer- buddy. 
That's not going to work out for you. No. Um, no shots were fired, though. Uh, he, oh, that's I think good. It, the intimidation was all he needed. Okay, that's good. Uh, but nevertheless, yeah, go fight John Bones. If you're going to call yourself the baddest dude on the planet, finish what you started in the UFC. And if you win and you beat everybody in the UFC, then go fight in that league. And then go prove that you can win that league, too. But you know what? Until you can do that, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call you the baddest mf'er on the planet. I'm it's not too late. It's too late. You already signed. That's it. I'm just not gonna do it. So, uh, either way, guys, that is all we have for you today. That was the show. So go check out our Instagram, our TikTok, Twitter, whatever it is. All the social media links can be found in the description of the episode. No matter where you're watching, listening. Doesn't matter. You can find it everywhere. Uh, while you're there, go to theissuesports.com. Sign up for that newsletter. Comes out every single Wednesday. Uh, so go hit that subscribe uh, and then just accept it when it comes into the inbox there. But guys, thanks so much for listening. And that was the issue. <laughs>